Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to your Maryland. In 1638, Mary Lawn, all of 14 years old and looking for adventure, arrived in the province of Maryland and there began a tale of luck and circumstance. To pay the transport fee, she agreed to serve a term of indenture. After working as a servant for four to seven years, she'd receive her freedom, along with some tools, a little clothing, and a little food. An immigrant's first years here were often fatal. As many as one in four died of dysentery and malaria. Others couldn't tolerate the food. Though wheat was a staple of the English diet, tobacco planters had no time for plowing, so settlers had to learn to like corn, which many couldn't digest. But from the outset, fortune smiled on Mary Lawn. She overcame disease and thrived on corn. Even better, she never had to finish her term of service. Young women were scarce on the Maryland frontier, and only a year after she arrived, a man named James Courtney bought her indenture and married her. When he died four years later, leaving her a widow at 19 with a one-year-old son, she married Daniel Clocker, a former indentured servant himself who farmed 150 acres near St. Mary's City. For the next decade and a half, life was reasonably good. Mary bore five children who defied the odds and lived. Daniel kept the farm going, and Mary found extra work as a midwife among the women of St. Mary's City. Then in 1658, a planter named Simon Overzee engaged her to attend to his wife as she went into childbirth and he went away on business. Mary agreed, but the birth was difficult and Mrs. Overzee didn't survive it. While Daniel Clocker built a coffin and neighbors laid Mrs. Overzee out for burial, Mary tended the newborn. Here, events went awry. To Mary Clocker, who slept on straw ticking on the floor, had nothing but a tree stump for a chair and a storage chest for a table, the Overzees were fabulously wealthy. They had a proper bed, furniture, and trunks full of valuables. In the confusion following Mrs. Overzee's death, one townswoman, Mary Williams, quietly suggested they help themselves to some of that wealth. The two women went through Mrs. Overzee's trunks, taking fine linen, pins, threads, spices, salt, and more nice things. They probably would have gotten away with it, but for the weakness of the other Mary's husband, John Williams, who lost his nerve and hid much of the booty in a hollow tree. Alas, some children found it there and told their parents. On November 1, 1658, Mary Clocker, 34, mother of six, and a respected member of the community, found herself, along with a Williams couple, standing before the court at St. Mary's. The charge was serious. In England, people went to the gallows for any number of minor offenses, and these defendants had stolen a small fortune. Caught red-handed, after all, the two women were the only ones who could have committed the theft, they nevertheless tried to defend themselves in a shameful flurry of excuses and finger-pointing. Mary's reasoning suggested she was holding some of the loot against payment for her services as a midwife, since she'd been stiffed in the past. But testimony that when referring to Simon Overzee, she'd said, hang him, proved her undoing. Judgment was swift and harsh. The Williams couple and Mary Clocker were sentenced to hang. The good people of St. Mary's City didn't dally in these matters. Executions followed a day or two after judgment. Yet even in this, her darkest hour, Mary found that good fortune had not abandoned her. The day after she was sentenced, word arrived of a momentous change that had taken place in Mother England months earlier. Oliver Cromwell, the powerful and sometimes brutal Lord Protector, had died on the 3rd of September of the same malaria Mary had survived. Moreover, on the night of his death, a severe storm had racked the entire country, so strong that many believed the devil himself had come to carry away Cromwell's dark soul. To mark these events, Maryland's governor announced that all who were under sentence of death were hereby granted a pardon. 
Once more, Mary Clocker was spared, but whether her neighbors shared her joy is not recorded in the annals of your Maryland. Thank you.